What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes, and we've got an amazing episode for you, as always. Uh, we're going back to segments to be Hockey Troll Hip Check, and I'm going to be talking about I Forget, and Polly Cupcakes, he's going to be talking about... Oh, <clears throat> the uh, Michigan hockey players who were drafted going back to college. You'll be talking about the Carolina Hurricanes. That's right, that's right. And But first, we have to talk to you about... DraftKings are gracious sponsors. Football is right around the corner. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when you bet $1 or more in any football game. Listen up, because you don't want to miss this. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and place a bet. Of 100 or more on any week one game and receive $200 in free bets instantly. If Sportsbook is not yet available in your state, DraftKings still has huge cash prizes up for grabs all season long with their daily fantasy contests. And for week one, DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at $1 million top prize. Nothing has the excitement of watching a game quite like having a free shot at a million dollar top price. So that's $200 for free for a $1 bet, basically, for new users. And the chance at a million dollar top prize. It's amazing. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game and get a free shot at a million dollar top prize. Or at a million top prize for your free deposit, for your first deposit. That's promo code THPN. For a limited time only, at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports better of a sports betting partner of the of the NFL. Woof! Uh, please or must be twenty one or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or PA only. New customers only. Minimum five dollar deposit and a one dollar wager required. One per person. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? One eight hundred Gambler or in Indiana one eight hundred nine. Deal with it. Do it and thank. Us later. Thank you. <laughs> this is the official Caps Church Podcast. Proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that side, Polly Cupcakes. What is up? Not much, Polly, man. How you been? Pretty good since we last spoke. Um, <laughs> three minutes ago. You know, you um, you were talking in the ad read about football. Um, yeah. You know, the CFL has already started, and if you have ESPN, you can watch football there. And then NCAA had their opening weekend this week. They had about, uh, I don't know, I saw four or five games going on, but the big the big weekend is this week. It's when the season really kick off, kicks off. So good stuff. They're going to be some pretty good games to watch. 
I think the big one is Clemson, Georgia. Yeah, and Capstones, obviously, if you use our THPN code, you're going to be privy to a ton of great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. So definitely do that. But we've got a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking about uh, the Carolina Hurricanes and, you know, what the fuck are they doing? And it may be a little bit of a teaser for a pre an interview in the future uh, uh, with Zach Tompkins about our, you know, what what is, what is going on? I mean, at one point, the Hurricanes were going to be a really big competitor to the Washington Capitals, but... Who knows if that's uh, that's true now. And then Polly's going to be talking about the NCAA in Michigan and the Powers boy and then all those guys going out to play with him and how the NCAA has developed into a true developmental league for the NHL. So, Polly, I think that uh, if I can get the sound bite up, we should probably just top tab- pop tabs, no? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Look at me. Hmm. One, two... Three. All right, Capstones. Well, like I said, we're ready. We're going to be talking about some stuff. Uh, I hope you are doing well, and we thank you for sticking with us through the summer, if you were listening. If not, fuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, um, got some good stuff for you. So, Polly, I think... Uh, I mean, we've popped some tabs. Might as well just get into the Hockey Troll Hip Check, right? Uh, yeah. Alright, here we go. This is the Hockey Troll Hip Check. Alright, Caps fans, welcome to the Hockey Troll Hip Check. It's me, the hockey troll. <laughs> oh, brother. No, um, so seriously, man. I have to think, okay, let's, let's turn the wheel of time back to 2018. The best year in hockey that's ever happened. Ever. Ever. At this point, I mean, the preseason for me was all about, like, sucking the Hurricanes dick right off their body. You know, I mean, just, Amazing, um, young defensive core, ama- decent forward core. But the big thing was that they were young and promising and, you know, you loved them. And then the whole bunch of jerks things, you know, fast forward to this time, bunch of jerks, blah, 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 blah. But then, you know, they do a lot of things, man. And then this time they let go of Dougie Hamilton. They, they bring in Tony D'Angelo and with this whole new, most recent thing, they're offer sheeting $6.1 million for one year to, to Kotkinimiemi from Montreal, who's had an incredible playoff with Montreal. Don't get me wrong. And a really good season with the Habs in the playoffs. But as friend of the podcast, Jay Fresh has pointed out, he had a 23% shooting percentage in the, in the playoffs, this last playoffs. Do you think, Paulie, that the, the Hurricanes have gotten better with these roster moves. I mean, look, I get it. And then, and then let's not even talk about yet their – well, let's talk about it. Fuck it. Uh, Frederick Anderson and Peter Mrazek. I've been so high – or not Peter Mrazek. Anti-Ranta. I was really high on Peter Mrazek 
ships him out, get Antiranta, also a guy who I was high on. I thought that he was scary in New York, another uh, Metro Division opponent. But, you know, are, is this team going to be good this next season, Polly? Well, <clears throat> as I mentioned in the previous episode, yeah. um, I think they have a decent shot at making the Cup. And I think part of that is a spillover from the hype that you were talking about. Right. Um, I think... I don't think these moves necessarily made them worse. I don't know if they made made them better. I kind of feel like they've just plugged some holes. And they, they are... But, well, and let me stop you there. What holes did they have to plug? Well, Dougie Hamilton. And they... They got Ian Cole, a very proven, good defensive player. Old. Can, he is old. Can He's contribute old. small offense. Uh, that ties into my segment. He's a college player. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, Irish. Um, oh, but as we mentioned Monday, it's kind yeah. of a combo with Tony D'Angelo, um, which is questionable. And it kind of shows to me that they are only concerned with winning. Well, I I don't take away from them only being concerned with winning, but I'm not sure that they're doing it the right way. Like if you look at Tony D'Angelo as a quote unquote, let's all right. First of all, let's talk about Tony D'Angelo in the sense of him not a personal shitbag being a personal shitbag because he is a shitbag. But at the same time, like his in locker room and on ice play, a lot of guys, you know, came out and said like he's an okay guy, he's a good locker room presence. But obviously, the Rangers were sick of his shit, especially when it came down to like the fight with his goalie. Yeah, you know, I really think that. There's something to be said about what the Ranger players have said about him and just trying to be, like, chill and not not make any waves versus what actually happened. And that was, like, he tried to, you know, he he pushed a young goaltender to a point where the young goaltender wanted to fucking punch him in the face with a blocker. You know? yeah. And if you don't play hockey, getting hit with a blocker in the face by a goalie is tough. Yeah. It's like a club. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the hardest thing I can think of that is on a player's body. Yeah. The blocker. Unless you kick him. Yeah. Which it's almost unheard of. And also, maybe not out of Tony D'Angelo's range. Or if you pull a beer league scumbag move and hit a guy with his own helmet that you've ripped off of his body. We've seen that. Shout out Zarly from uh, Juice Box Podcast. But, you know, I, I look at this whole thing and I'm like, you know, what are the Hurricanes doing? Do they really have this much belief in Rod Brindamore to turn to a player like Tony D'Angelo around? On ice, Tony D'Angelo is a stud. Okay? Yeah. On ice, Tony D'Angelo can drive offensive play. Maybe not the best defensive player, but has the skating ability to drive play. I think we can agree on that. Objectively. Definitely. His shitbag antics aside, right? Right. Dude was on track for an incredible year before he got cut. Um, I, I, 
that aside, I think that the Hurricanes are really uh, gambling their future. Like, do you really want to go through the years with Tony D'Angelo being toxic in the locker room and then ship him out once you figure it out? Or do you think, they must think, that Brenda Moore can turn him around? They must. If you're going to sign a guy for league... And look, they're getting Tony D'Angelo at a league minimum here. Very low, right? I think it's like a million dollars or something. Yeah, I mean, if you talk about just his performance, it's probably the best discount in the league. Yeah. It could be. But what does that mean making waves in the entire organization? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, if he can just keep his mouth shut and play hockey, he might be okay. The the team might be okay. Right. But, you know, people can only stay quiet for so long. (laughs) Right. I mean, I think, Paul, you've played with shitbags in the past. I've played with shitbags in the past. You know, it doesn't make for a great locker room presence, does it? No. Whether it uh, gets addressed by the media or becomes public or not, I mean, I think that it's pretty obvious who the bad guy is. Yeah, I mean, you want your teammates to be your boys. Yeah. You know, you you play hockey together. It's a violent game. you got to have each other's backs. Sure. You go out and drink together. You know, sometimes you end up teammates, godfathers of kids. I mean, right. you, you develop strong relationships there. And when there's a guy throwing that off, it really makes it unpleasant. Right. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we won't comment on the, the backlash in which the Hurricanes are probably going to receive and have received already for signing him. But at the same time, you know, you, you got to look, at, let's look at the roster in general. You're losing Dougie Hamilton, you're adding Tony D'Angelo, and you're going to add Ian Cole. I'm not sure that's a direct one in one. That's two players to replace one. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely – they're losing out there. Yeah. Um, I think they, they're doing the best they can to fill that hole with who is available. But I think they're going to see definitely uh, – they're going to miss him for at right. least the next couple of years. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, I mean, who knows? They might have an ace in the sleeve. I don't know. Um, I – Feel you know because they still have. I mean, they they just signed Svechnikov for a long term deal. You may know Svechnikov from being the punching bag for Ovechkin <laughs> and just getting knocked the fuck out. You know, a couple years ago they signed uh, Vincent Trocheck, who was incredibly promising with the Florida Panthers. And they still have Sebastian Aho. They have Jesper Faust. Uh, I mean, Martinuk is a guy who's got grit, who's going to be there. You know, Nietzsche's, Nito Niederreiter. I mean, they have a very promising young core. Um, and then on the back end, you know, it's Gardner. Um, they got Ethan Bear, Ian Cole, like you said. It seems as if they've gotten rid of a lot of their young, promising guys. And I don't know if they were up against Cap or what. I don't follow them so closely, but... This was gonna. This is a, a burgeoning rivalry, especially after they knocked us out of the playoffs. 
you know, I was really hoping for this. And then COVID happened and all this shit. But And I think their biggest question mark lies in they're going to have Frederick Anderson, Lyon, and Ronta as their goalie. Goalies, all of which are over the age of 30. Frederick Anderson is our youngest tendy, and he's 31. Now, I'm not trying to hate here on ye- on old goaltenders. I think that goaltenders in today's NHL age like a fine wine, especially if they've got talent. But getting rid of, like, not signing Ned Levick or whatever, their young guy who's a Calder candidate, I, I ju- it just seems... Like, maybe the old school is too prevalent in this young team who is, like we said, a bunch of jerks. Yeah, and I know it It kind of feels to me like they're in a win now. It just, because of the age situation, maybe not now, but a two to three year window, it, it seems like they're, they're rushing Right. That's asinine, right? I don't think that they're in a win-now situation. I think that they're in a develop-now situation, though. For sure. I mean, they've got Rod the Vod. Right. On a new He's contract. done great things. He's done amazing things. Yeah, I mean, they just re-signed him. Right. Why not build your team and try to become a powerhouse four years from now for five to ten years? Yeah, like, why not take the strategy Detroit's taking? And it's like, all right, we've got, let's shed some cap. We have room. Instead of blowing it on goalies, let's resign our goalies and then let's, uh, let's look at, like, undervalued guys across the league and fill those gaps via those free agency signings or those trades. Absolutely. It's, it's interesting. Um, I think that a lot of, of people, and I mean, you know, they still have Skagey or whatever, uh, Slavin, you know, they've got a good core. I, I don't, I don't believe that they're like pushovers or, or of yesteryear Southeast division, shitty hurricanes after they won the cup by any means. I think they're still a competitive squad. I just wonder like <clears throat> how, how Father Time's going to look back on them. I would guess unkindly. Really? You don't like it, do you? Um, I don't know. I just... I, I like what you're saying. They should be developing. And, right. Um, I think they're... They're being hasty. Yeah. Or just dumb. Maybe both. Yeah, and it's weird because, like you said, I mean, they're 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 making it seems like win now moves. Yeah, this Which, is what you would expect from the Capitals or the Penguins. Maybe, yeah, if they had the the space, yeah. I, I just I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't get it right now. And you know what? Uh, hopefully by next week I'll be getting some Hurricanes uh, uh, interviews, and then we'll we'll just settle it there. How about that? Sounds good. So, Caps fans, be on the lookout for that. But it's uh, just to kind of like whet your appetite as far as like as far as like what the Hurricanes have cooking. Because at one point they were going to be the team that was going to like take the Washington Capitals' place, or at least that's what their marketing team, who's done a great job with their team, uh, 
thought was going to happen. I, I, I don't see it so much now. Could be wrong. Could be completely wrong. Though. We'll see. But as of right now, I'm looking at this lineup, <clears throat> and I think that the... I think that the Washington Capitals fill this full of holes. Personally. Yeah. I agree. Well, that's it for my segment. A little bit of a teaser. Uh, Let's go on to yours. Yeah, I mean, we talked about what Carolina's cooking. Yeah. Let's talk about what I'm baking. It's snack time with Polly Cupcakes. What's Polly got in the oven? Draft picks. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, we talked about it Monday's episode. Owen Power and four other. Excuse me. It's late. Yeah. Owen Power and four other Wolverine slash Wolverine recruits are coming back for the season. Uh, Owen Power, first overall, Matt Beniers, second overall, and Kent Johnson, fifth overall, the first time any any team has done this. Had um, Done well, what? Oh, and then Luke Hughes, a commit. First time there's been four uh, from the same college drafted oh, okay. in the top oh, five. Oh, right. In the top five. In addition to Mackie Samuskevich, 24th overall. So they have five first-round draft picks from this year. Right. And they are all deciding to go back and play for Michigan. Now, Michigan, last season – Made it to the Big Ten semifinals, lost in overtime, qualified for the tournament, but they were one of two teams, them and Notre Dame. They had to forfeit due to COVID situations once they landed and then got tested. So they went and then had to turn right back around. So um, that was a shame. But Michigan has a good storied program, they're in a good spot now, and I think this is going to make the team very scary next year. Um, They should definitely be a Big Ten favorite, possible Frozen Four favorite, and, you know, I like this move. I think a lot of these kids probably would have played in the AHL anyway. Right. So... You could play in the AHL, or you could play college and still get that college experience. You're going to get probably more TV exposure. You're going to get some education, and, I mean, it's probably more of a controlled environment, too. So that's good for the young guys. You know, I I like that they chose college. For those reasons, and it's good to see that college hockey just continues to become more like the other college sports. Right. I mean, the bigger picture here is that, like, the NCAA for NHL hockey is quite the development league in which it hasn't been looked at is that in the past, correct? Exactly. Yeah, I I think the NCAA, um, 
is it's definitely overtaken the USHL, right? As the top American development, yeah. And you know, I think it's starting to rival some of the juniors up in Canada. Yeah, I'd say so. And plus, you get the four years to play with the team in a program. You know, right. as junior teams, you can get traded, things like that. When you commit to a college program, it's like for four years. Yeah. It's very rare. You like you don't see like in foot in football it's different, right? In football, like a quarterback can move from program to program, but at the same time that's very rare in that case too, right? So when you're like locked into an NCAA team, you're locked in. Yeah, and that's a good point. It's you're guaranteed to have that core of guys for a couple of years. Something you may not get between you being traded or your teammates being traded when you or moved up and down, right? So, yeah, I mean, college sports—you know—it's like playing high school sports times a million, right? You know, you're with those same guys, and you know, there's just something special about those conference tournaments, the NCAA tournament, the rivalries. I mean, college rivalries—it—it's better than pro rivalries for sure. I think the fans just get more into it. It, right. It's more. It's a more a, hometown crowd. Exactly. It's more of a sense of pride. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, oh, uh, a note that I threw in here. A lot of times, colleges will recognize your scholarship when you go back to school. So oh, really. I so that. I know there's some NHLers who I think Ryan Whitney said he went back to school, and BU. Still gave him his scholarship, even though he couldn't play, obviously. To, like, finish his, like, last two years or whatever? Yeah. So that's even more incentive. You know, you can use it as development, leave, and then later on come back, especially if you're a league minimum AHL career guy, you can go back and go for free. To me, it's almost a no-brainer. And this is a development that's probably like five years old, but really is like ten years old. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think the NCAA has really kind of figured it out. And then with paying their players, in which they have to now, um, it seems like a very, a, a lot more natural transition to the pro game. Absolutely. You know, if any of these guys grew up college fans, which... If they live in America, they probably had a favorite college sports team. Right. You get the chance to play for who you wanted to play for. Right. I mean, you can't pass that up. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think the Michigan Wolverines is a huge, is a great program. They obviously have a, <clears throat> they're favorited to be good <clears throat> this year. And, you know, unlike football, the Big Ten is a pretty competitive league in, in NCAA hockey. So, like, I agree wholeheartedly, and honestly, it's, like, just a really cool experience for us as Americans to say, like, okay, well, you know, while the Quebec Major Hockey League is is awesome or, or you know, anything in the WHL or anything else, um, the USHL has kind of come by the wayside, and, and now it's just more college. These kids are learning how to be people along with athletes. Yeah, and the USHL has kind of become just development for the NCAA. Yeah, 
No, so, no. I mean, it was always good, dude. I mean, you know, I I told you, I as a hockey fan, I, I loved watching the Omaha Lancers. It was one of my first uh, forays into any sort of hockey. And when one of those players went to St. Cloud, Minnesota, we were like, fuck yeah. You know, it was an amazing thing. Um, you know, they're going to go get a college education, go on to be like good people or whatever. Right. That was like the whole thing. It wasn't, we weren't talking about the NHL, uh, even though Dan Ellis and Jed Ortmeyer of that era went on to play pro hockey. That was never the, in, in the NHL, it was never like the whole intent. <clears throat> so I, I think that giving like the holistic and you know, that's, that's kind of how it is now in the pros is that you can't just be a hockey player. You got to be like this whole person. You know? Yeah. I mean, case in point, Tony, Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> exactly. We just talked yeah. about um, right. You know, and guys have always been going from college into the pros, but it's definitely kicked up a lot. And, right. you know, and when you watch Miracle, and obviously they take Hollywood uh, leaps, but, you know, it, you kind of get the feeling that a lot of those guys didn't think they were going to go pro. Right. You know, and it was, I think, only a couple of the guys from the 1980 team even went to the NHL. Right. Well, we, we've talked about this in previous podcasts is that uh, I think about half of that team ended up playing in the NHL. Yeah, but not. And, but that's not very common. Long. Right. Exactly. And that's not, a, that's not a common thing for NCAA athletes. But I think that, like, nowadays it, it could be. I mean, it's it's a great proving ground, testing ground, and and I think that the knock on it previously was that like you know college athletes were all had nothing to do with understanding the game and and true talent. It was all about working hard and playing like a bit of a heavy hitting North American game. I think that's really kind of uh, changed in that they're understanding the speed and and understanding like okay, well. It'd be great for alumni to hear, <laughs> you know, that X player went on to play uh, pro hockey after doing four years here. Yeah. And, you know, only the studs go to college for a year to play uh, NHL season. I think that most of them probably play four years and then they go through the circuit of AHL, ECHL, and then up. Well, talk about one-year guys, Jack Eichel. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the guys, it seems like, it seems really common that guys leave after their junior year. Right. Which blows my mind. I mean... You're like a year away, might as well just finish it. Right. Um, but... When someone's waving a million-dollar price tag at you. Yeah, that's pretty hard. You know, and who knows? I bet... I know in football, a lot of guys graduate in three years. You know, I'm sure the hockey guys do it, too. You know, they, they set up that plan, you know, that it's probably the most realistic early graduation, three years. Uh, I pulled up a few memorable, notable college guys. Uh, Rod Langway, ever heard of him? Yeah. Uh, Cap's great there. Yeah. Uh, he went to University of New Hampshire and our very own TJ Oshie, the North Dakota alum. Yeah. 
Jonathan Taves. Ever heard of him? Uh, you know, Not like once. I said, Jack Eichel. <laughs> no, sorry. I've got these, like, weird hiccups. Sorry. It's okay. Um, you know, even a, a couple a couple captains. Jack Eichel, Anders Lee from Notre Dame. Yep. Um, Jonathan Taves, he's a captain. There was someone else that I did want to say, but it looks like I have forgotten. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, there have been a lot of great players come out of college hockey, and the number just keeps growing. All right. And I'm excited to see these guys, even if they don't do all four, I'm excited that they're getting their development in college instead of the AHL. Yeah, no doubt. And it speaks a lot, I think, towards American hockey. Once you get into the pro leagues, you know, you could have a coach that's, like, from Sweden or whatever. I mean, that's not common. And I understand that, like, the ECHL and the AHL are all, like, kind of... Oh, excuse me. Kind of set in their ways like an American league, but why not the NCAA? I mean, these guys are under so much more pressure, too. I mean, John Scott talks about how he was doing applied mathematics on the bus while everybody else is a business major. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I just think that it goes back to how you're teaching hockey and being able to, you know, hone your skills the right way and become a good person. Yeah. I think that the NCAA does that. It's oh. kind of their focus. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're definitely going to get more of that than being an 18-year-old playing pro. Right. You know, being around a bunch of grown men, you're going to... Who are just men-childs that yeah. are degenerates, probably. Right. Um, and then, you know, just a couple more here. Paul Correa, University <gasps> oh, of Maine. Yeah, you Paul Correa was a genius. Uh, Jonathan Quick, Kale McCarr, Connor Sheary, all from University of Massachusetts. I mean, it's Connor Hellebeck. He's uh, UMass Lowell. I mean, the, the list goes on and on, and there are a lot I, have, I pulled up another list here of, I mean, there's a lot of guys who have been drafted who are still playing. Right. So, I guess to, to sum it all up, you know, good for these guys, you know, giving the, the college game some love and developing themselves while also developing the game. Absolutely. No, and I mean, kudos to the NCAA for realizing what the college game could be and catering it to pros. Yeah. Was that that it, Paulie? Yeah. Well, I have the hiccups and I think that... I think we did good. Tune in to us next week. Hopefully we're going to have something good for you. Um, Until until then, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Hockey Troll, Paulie Cupcakes, signing off. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
and follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at CupcakePolly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at CapsChirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at HockeyPodNet on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.